This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here oh, yeah. on right. 105.3 yeah, The Fan. <laughs> Whoa, did you say a bad word? No, no, I said shoot. Okay, because <laughs> we were like, oh, my God, we're 10 seconds back into this, and it's all falling apart. Uh KNC Masterpiece, Kevin Hagelin here. i am decided to come back to work on what an opportune day to drive again. Is Corey Majors is at his house, his new house, Saving in Plano. Yeah. Mike Bassick's here. Joey Erickson is here showing how much they love radio. Mike's commitment level continues to shock and amaze. Thank you. I would just like to say... My commitment to Odyssey, the company that I love so much, the commitment to the Tolos, the commitment to you guys, mm-hmm. Kevin and Corey, mm-hmm. Slim Scotty, Carter. Mm-hmm. Carter's not here. He's but, not. Uh, <laughs> he's working, though. He's at home. I would just like to say my commitment is unwavering uh-huh. in other words, and... Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Do you know the other words that you want to use, or was that just like you're you're like, well, I ran out of words, so yeah, yeah I only had I only had one word. I but I just like to say I'm big time, Corey. I, Corey, I don't know if you're with me about Mike. I believe a lot of those things that Mike said, except for pledging his loyalty to the company. Like I believe he supports us. I believe he supports the Tolos. I don't believe the very beginning part of that I statement. Believe they're in Philadelphia right now listening to our show because they love it so much. Mm-hmm. Why don't and you take more phone calls? They're, and they're thinking to themselves, man, a little bit of ice, and those guys in Texas don't have a clue what to do. I mean, that's fair. Just my biggest thing that I always think in that is when it's 100 degrees and people are passing out in the middle of the street other places, I'm like, that's fine. Like, that's our time to shine. We don't know what to do with this. That's my, a fact. Even my mom is like, when I remember when she moved here, she would tell me the stories from Chicago and everything. And she's like, yeah, you guys don't do snow tires or snow chains or anything. And I, I was just like, I don't even know what those things are when she mentioned them to me. How do you put chains on a tire? I have no idea. You wrap it around the tire, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then you you, you have to get your the... car off the ground to do that. <laughs> no, I, I, I no you drop, you roll into it, Mike. You roll the tire. Oh, that into makes it. that makes more. And they just stay there. Yeah, you just stick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, t- you have to take the nail and put it into the tire. The nail. The yeah, yeah. That, that keeps it secure the whole time. That... Pretty sure. That feels wrong. The last part. The rest of it, I believe, if you're like, no, you lay the chains out and you drive and they just stick to your tire. I'm like, maybe. I have no idea. I remember my dad doing it once when I was younger. I remember, like, watching him do that. How old were we? What, second grade? Something like that when we had one of these kind of big ice storms roll through, like spring break time. And I remember my dad was doing that, and I was watching him do it, but I, I had no clue what I was doing. And I don't think he ever did it again. He was like, I, I will never need these again and for the rest of my life. And he didn't. So, and he, I mean, he's still alive. So so you can't definitively say that yet, then can you? You know what? You got a point, Kevin. I can't because he could be using them today, driving around yeah. the property. Now, I we were talking about this, Corey. You and I were talking about this before the show, and I know Mike was Mike touched on it. Is I guess I'm just really curious, everyone listening right now, eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. Did you have to go to work, and like, where did you come from? Because we were talking about the driving conditions. My mom. 
This Me too. might sound not his mom, but my mom. This, <laughs> this might sound crazy. Why would you be? Never mind. Never mind. You just need to make sure there are specifics there. Yeah, that is a good point. Mike's always there to make sure we're staying on task. Is what was the drive like? I told you, Corey, I stand by this. I actually thought the drive was easier today mm -hmm. than my normal commute. All right. Now, hear me out. I know that sounds like an insane hypothesis. Is normal commute up here during, like, still kind of rush hour and everything is you have to deal with a lot of unpredictable drivers who some get rattled easier than others. Driving up here, it's difficult, but there's nobody on the road. Like, right now I can see across the entirety of the highway, there's, like, maybe... 14 cars and like it's a it's a long stretch now people are ebbing and flowing in but there are giant gaps of space between people so 22 oh wow oh we have a little bit cars? of a, we have a little bit of a slowdown right here where there's a lot of cars oh right yeah 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 oh and people are passing each when other I say a lot like there's like eight cars all near each yeah other. as opposed to usual in that gap you could probably see i don't know 500 cars or whatever because it's a long stretch of highway we can see since we're so high up here you don't have to work against or compete against other drivers because I would love that everyone worked together, but that's not really how it works. But this, it's Corey, it's you against the ice. Mm -hmm. Is like that is, I, I would much rather deal with an inanimate object on the road that I have to outsmart or work with than a bunch of unpredictable drivers who get scared or reckless or whatever. Yeah, I, I think, and one of the things that you probably had a benefit of this morning is it was still, like, grainy and crunchy. Yes. Uh, as opposed to, like, slick, just a, a slick ice top. Yeah. Because right now it's still kind of coming down. Later in the afternoon, what we're understanding is that it's going to kind of continue to do some other things. But I think I, tomorrow could be a nightmare. I really yeah. do. And, and I think you're right. I think, oh, man, my son is uh, currently shirtless standing outside. And is he going to jump in your pool? I think he wants to do a polar plunge today. Oh, no, no, he's no, like, no. Yeah, he, he's like, Dad, I got to take an ice bath at some point. And so he was like really looking forward to jumping in the pool. He invited me to do it. I don't know if I want to do it. Though. Corey, can I ask you a question? Would you and your wife be okay if we put that on the Zoom? Because that feels like it's going to be entertaining. Is that well, wrong? You're talking about Avery getting in the pool, yes. not him and his wife. No, not what? I was can you I That's what you thought. I just want to make clear, Mike. You thought my question was, can we videotape Corey and his wife? That was what you thought I was saying. You need was, to be more clear, Kevin. You need to be more clear. You <laughs> threw a whole bunch of sentences together and I was like, I think he means Avery in the pool. But then he threw in Adrian and, and Corey. This is what I think when Mike reads a book, he goes. I don't know. That was a lot of sentences together. I really he like, writes I note in, notes in his book and he goes, Hey Tolstoy, I need you to be more clear. That's like what he's writing. Or there. he just makes up the story, is like, I just I'll presume it was this. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ask I'll ask Adrian because I'm a parent too, right? So like I can I can parent this sucker. I don't have to ask her, right? I can. He's say your what, kid too. Yeah, you don't need to make kid. a call. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to check with her for sure, absolutely, because you know that's just kind of what we do around here. Is and I check with her about a lot of things. I I, I drove once, Kevin, to Fort Worth. This was whenever the Super Bowl was in DFW, 
and I was working as stage manager for ESPN TV. I did like Cowherd show and stuff, and he's just the worst, by the way. I just want to tell you that <laughs> behind the scenes, he's exactly what he is in front of the screen. What he's makes him so bad? He. Uh, do you want to hear the story about how I he do. yelled at me? Yes, right. I do. So I was I was doing. Uh, his, I was stage manager for his show, which meant we were in a little hotel room kind of thing, and he was sitting directly in front of me, five feet maybe, and I just had to stare at him the whole time while he talked to me, basically, and I couldn't answer back, and I was thinking to myself, one day, I'm going to have my own radio show. And it's, and it's already way yet. better than his. <laughs> and, but, uh, but that, but, so what happened, Mike, is Tony Romo comes in. I'm like, hey, what's up, Tony? And he's like, hey, how's it going? And he sits down. And he has his microphone. If anybody's watching the Twitch, he has his microphone like this. And the, the so it's up above his head. And the producer said, hey, we need to get a sound check on Tony Romo, please. So I walk up, and I'm like, hey, Tony, can we pull this down? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he pulls it down, and he starts talking, and then he just puts it back up. And I'm like, Tony, you can't do that. And they're like, we're getting a sound check. And so I was like, Tony, we need to do this. And out of nowhere, Colin Coward goes, like, we're not going to get an effing sound check on Tony Romo. Come on. We're doing okay. And I was like, wow. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. Thanks for making me feel like a piece of dump here. So I was just doing the job that I was paid like $20 to do that day. And, uh, Shout and out to Joey. I decided the world of radio. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I when I decided TV, that. But... Oh, my gosh. Hold on, guys. Is he jumping in the pool? I think. Turn your I camera can't, Hold on, hold on. He's walking to another side of the pool. I don't know what he's doing. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to go out the window here. Tell me if y'all can see this. Oh, he has a ring thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. To brighten his face up. Hold on. Let's see if we can see this right Is here. that is, Carter out there with him? Yeah. Can you see that? Is yeah. that working? Is yeah, I can. Up? He's going to really get in the pool. This is a terrible idea. Oh, he's scared. He's scared. He's hey, doing it. In, Corey, oh do a gosh. chicken noise. See if it makes a difference. <laughs> <laughs> That's so rude. That is so rude. All right. We are bringing you live coverage of whether or not Corey's. Oh, my God. There he goes. He won't take he's off his socks on. Yeah. He, until he does that, he's not getting in. Oh, he's in. Oh, he jumped in. He jumped in. That oh, he can't swim. He doesn't know how to swim. What? I it forgot about that. It your body. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He doesn't know how to Does swim. Does he seriously not know how to swim? He oh, knows my gosh. He knows how to swim. Oh, his flip-flops are gone. He's in oh, the his house. Oh, flip-flops are in the, cool, uh, are in the water now. And he, there he goes. I think your body gets shocked so much, even if you can swim, your body's like, how do I do this? <laughs> you know, Corey, correct me if I'm wrong, but he made a bold decision. I couldn't see. It's like blocked kind of by one of the beams. Oh. Somebody had a blanket for him, and he ran right past. <laughs> he didn't right want past. to get the blanket wet. He was like, no. Yeah. Adrian had a towel for him. Oh, yeah. yeah, and he just ran right past them, and he's like, now I'm going to go inside. <laughs> what a decision. That's a 15-year-old for you, though, you know? That's I'll tell you what. Goodness. That was brave. That was brave. I don't know if I have the the bravery to do that, guys. You should not. You hopefully. That was awesome. The, uh, Mike is going to peer Corey. pressure you into this. Corey. Don't do it. No, I don't want to peer pressure him into that. You want him to be with Adrian on the show. That's not, uh, that not what I said. That's not what I said at all. That was all. that was gutsy right there. Like that was a lot of props to Avery. I there's no way I would do that today. What's I don't know what the difference is on like four days from now when it's not there's no sleet or whatever ice on the ground. It would still be just as cold jumping into the pool, but that was gutsy right there. What's that more was. brave, Mike coming into work or Avery 
jumping into the pool. I, I mean, think well, Avery jumping in the pool. Okay. Yeah. For the person, though, for the person, I'm going to go with Mike on this one. Like, Avery's just that kind of person. Mike, every day showing up to work, pretty awesome. Like, it's, we got to give him credit for that. It's a gamble <laughs> on a day-to-day basis. But you know what? Actually, every day, I think, should I come into work? <laughs> actually, Corey, I guess I can't really say anything because I haven't been here for three days. So <laughs> yeah. who am I to talk about valid. anyone's commitment? I tell valid. you what, what Kevin, here's the behind the scenes. Kevin was so furious with the 12 points against San Francisco. Mm-hmm. He said, until that MFR, Kellen Moore, I was like, watch your language, Kevin. But he's like, no. Nope. He's like, that MFR. And I was like, stop saying that. And then he changed it to another two two letter thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. we can't say that. Yeah. Started with a C. And then oh I was like, my gosh. we can't say that about him. And he's like, until he gets fired and leaves this organization, I'm not coming into work. And finally, we got the confirmation, Kellen Moore, I'm going to call him by his name instead of what you call him uh, by, Kevin, mm-hmm. that he went to the Chargers as the offensive coordinator. You mm-hmm. finally are like, all right, now my protest is over. Mm-hmm. Jerry Jones has heard me because you said you're going to have to be interviewed by Mike Baskey uh-huh. all of these times if you don't get rid of Kellen Moore. And it finally happened for you, Kevin. So welcome back. I'm really happy to be back. Here. Actually, Kevin had a chance to come back earlier, but he said, not until Kellen Moore gets rehired somewhere else. Yep. I won't even yep. believe it. He won't believe it until he's well, hired by why, somebody else. Why would I want him to get a different job then? If I was so much, so against- there was no chance he would be hired yeah. back by the Cowboys. You know, you know how you feel about Jerry. Well, don't put all of that on me. Or it could have been that I had tonsillitis and an upper respiratory <laughs> Did you eat a lot of ice infection. Cream? That helps. I uh, I did not. Uh, but when I told Mike that, he goes, "You have to get your tonsils out." And I said, "That that is what I thought too." No, that is what I thought. When the doctor told me that, I was like, "Huh?" Yeah, I thought when you had and that, you get your tonsils. No, out. No, that is what I thought too. And he gets like he, you have kidney stones. They take your kidney out. He that's not. <laughs> you're married to a doctor, for goodness' sake. Don't have stones anymore. <laughs> oh my God, is. <laughs> The good news, you don't have stones anymore. The bad news, we took probably just one of your kidneys, right? Because if they took both, wouldn't you die? Yes, you would. Is I looked at the doctor and he goes, don't worry. We don't necessarily have to take your tonsils out. And that looks hopefully unlikely at this point. Can we not 3D print uh, kidneys yet? Like, have we not gotten to that point where we can just create kidneys and just say, all right, there's your new kidney. Good luck. Is that not something that exists yet? I, f- I don't feel like I'm a good authority to speak on this, but I'll say no. Mike, your thoughts? You can have kidney transplants. Yeah, no, that's for sure. That's... Yep. Did that give answer your question? <laughs> yeah. Dude, you don't understand. It's not Mike a 3D are... kidney, but it's another person's kidney, and it can go inside your body and work. Uh-huh. Mm. From the uh, Kevin, there they was just can't a, make a fake kidneys. Just, uh, mm. From the uh, nine seven two guys, let me tell you, this is Radio Gold. I'm one hundred percent here for this. Okay, that's how today's show is going to be, man. And then somebody from the two one four. I'll leave out a couple of those words, Mike, since you told me to clean up my language. <laughs> yeah. Waiting on the UPS CEOs to make the call. I will tell you, there are two words in between UPS <laughs> and CEOs, but I have been told. To clean up my language, so they're yeah. working on it. From the 214, Mike needs to, needs to get in all the jokes for all the days you miss, Kevin. But I know you still made jokes. 
You don't need to send them back to me. Like, no, I, we have a very serious show when you're not around. What? Because, yeah, could, yeah, could, we actually could, stay on time and everything. It's, <laughs> yeah, like, you'd love it to the point where we come back early. It's yeah. wild. Hold on. Like we're already 37 seconds over but, time here. But did you hear what he said, Corey? Yeah. He said you'd love it. So he knows what my goals are for the show, and they only get instituted when I'm gone. When I'm here, Mike's like, not today, buddy. You got a I, live coming up. You better hurry up. All right. For the KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, Luca played great against Detroit. We asked the question, what's more likely? Mavs make a small large trade or no significant move at all. We'll discuss that next and see how this live read goes next on The Fan. Here's Dinwiddie driving all the way to the basket and punches. Dwayne Casey wants a timeout. 8.36 to go in the game and Dinwiddie sitting up. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan. Mavericks victorious 111-105 over the lowly Detroit Pistons as Luka pours in 53 points. Do you guys want, let's talk about the game for just a second. And then Corey, I know you brought up the broader ideas about player movement and trades and everything like that. Do you look at this game as hey, I'm glad I watched because Luka was amazing again and we got the win? Or do you say, hey, it was a home game against one of the worst teams in the league. I'm bummed that it took you all the way to the fourth to take it home. I'm so frustrated with Mark Cuban and what he's doing to this franchise that I intentionally didn't watch. I have to keep – I'll flip it on. The Mavericks are – uh, you know, I mean, I'm being honest here. They are my favorite team. People are like, well, I bet you don't do that with the Cowboys and Rangers. I don't have the same connection to the Rangers at all. I get I played for the Rangers. My dad played for the Rangers. But once you go through playing baseball with different organizations, it's not really like you can have the same love. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it, except you just can't. So I do not have that with the Rangers. With the Cowboys, I've told you guys, they're still my team, but I've disconnected from the Cowboys. I have not disconnected from the Mavs, but I had to occupy my time so we decided to watch a movie last night as a family then I got in a little Peloton boxing workout and then when that was over I was like crap now we're watching the news but my fingers want to go to Bally Sports Southwest and I did with seven seconds to go turned on the Maverick game and watched all of the fourth quarter Um, at least you picked the right quarter to watch yeah so they looked pretty good in the fourth quarter but I just I think at this point, watching the Mavs after that seven-game winning streak over Houston and San Antonio pretty much is they are not a good basketball team. Yeah, Kevin, I'm I'm in this this place with the Mavericks right now where I hate the fact that that Luka is doing so so many special things. Sure. And – and that that it's that much of a struggle to do it against on a nightly basis against bad teams. Yeah. And so, so that's where like my my uh, trying to figure out what they did last year and how they did it was it just because there were teams that were falling apart emotionally internally uh, that's the reason that they were able to overcome that last year or were they good last year and we we're just not giving that enough credit uh, for for what they accomplished because it did Mike you were you were saying the other day that you said before the season that they wouldn't be this good of a team again. 
And well, I I was too. I thought that they could go to the NBA Finals. I was way too optimistic. So when people are like you're always negative, maybe this is why I'm so disappointed too. Is I thought that they could still do something special this year, and it's gone in a totally opposite direction. Yeah, and that and that's kind of like I think a lot of people were really excited about it, and then there were the naysayers out there, Kevin, that were like, yeah. they can't do it. They're like they overplayed their hand last year. Sure. They did all these things, and so I think there were a lot of people that were like, I can't wait for y'all to be proven wrong. Now, again, we could be thirty games away from now and looking at a playoff spot that they're in the sixth spot, and they still can compete against whoever is you know the, their opponent at that time. They definitely could, and it, they could go quite on the same run because. If they get in the playoffs, they still have one of the best players on the court. It's just whether or not the rest of the guys on the team can step up into those roles the same way they did last year. Unfortunately, you don't have Brunson, who's going after a contract. You have Christian Wood, who's going after a contract, and you don't know what kind of player you're getting out of that. I think the only – maybe I need to ponder a little bit more. The only team that immediately jumps to mind that you can't automatically say you have the best player on the court is – is it Denver? Yeah, I think if you're just going player for player that's in the Western deba- Conference. That's yeah. debatable, but I'm saying like. Yeah, it's you, very even. Every other team, you step on the court, I'm like, I got the best yeah, guy. Yeah, it's great. As, as ja Morant is great. Now, I will say this. Steph Curry, uh, when healthy, might yeah. be better than okay. Luka, but yeah, 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 I, yeah. I understand what you're saying. I, I totally get what you're saying is that a lot of times we pick NBA basketball series based off of the best player. Right. But. Every player that is an MVP candidate is 15 games over 500, except for Luca, who is, I believe they went to two games over 500 last night. That is correct. So, like, literally, if you have one of these players and you just have an average group or a good group around them, you're going to win 55 to 60 games at the end of the year. But the Mavs look like they're going to win somewhere between 38 and 44 games. Because, yeah, here here it is, Corey. Like, depending on who your MVP candidates are, I feel like it's safe to say Tatum, 21 games over. Uh, Giannis, 16 games over. Embiid, 15 games over. Jokic, 18 games over. The Mavs, or Luka, two games. Like, that is a giant disconnect. I think, Corey, the tough part is, is I don't think our owner, I hate saying this, I want Mark Cuban to be better at this. I don't think he's smart enough basketball-wise. He's a genius in business and entrepreneuring. I, I don't think he's smart enough to know what good basketball players or good basketball teams look like. Yeah, and one of the things about, Mike, when you talk about entrepreneurs, what they what they really should be doing, and a lot of them do this, is they turn it over to the people that love the job that are really good at it. And then they they say, hands off, just let my money make my money. Mark Cuban still wants to be part of the face of this thing. He yeah. understands the toy that it is for him and how much fun like that. Because it opens doors. I'm the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. I'm an owner of an NBA team. It opens doors for him anywhere he goes other than the fact that he's a you know a billionaire on top of that. But what he should be doing is then turning it over to people who have the passion, the desire, and want to make this thing a great thing. And that's something that I'm, that's why whenever we talk about Nico, like we don't really know what his skill set is. We don't know what he's great at, what he's what he's bad at yet, because we don't know what decisions he's made. And a lot of it goes back to well, it's Cuban. I think he has to answer to Cuban on a lot of things still, Mike. Yes. And I think there's a lot of a lot of factors of Nico wants to do all these really great things, but he's handcuffed by a lot of what Cuban has left over. Mark needs to turn that part of it. Run the basketball team. 
let him do it. I don't know if he's good at it or not, but we know what Mark Cuban isn't good at right now. So let's see somebody else do it in a, in a very good way and see if they can go win a championship by putting a grilled team together. Yeah, I, I, I can't really add anything more to that except I agree. But I think Mark Cuban, because of the status he gets, right? We hear from the Jones family. Now, look, they're making a lot more money off of their team than the Mavericks are. But still, Mark Cuban's sure. making probably nine figures a year off of owning the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, you think it's that high? I think it's right around $100 million. Okay. Maybe, but 50, if, 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 and that's a big number. That's 50 less sure. million dollars. But I do think at the end of the day, he's putting in his pocket somewhere between 50 okay. and $100 million a year owning a basketball team. But I think what really – Mark Cuban, I don't think, hurts too much for money. I do think there's owners that have way more money in this. But the only reason he's on Shark Tank is because he's the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. Now, because he wasn't a popular person until right. he owned the Dallas Mavericks. So there's a lot of status that goes right. into ownership. And then he makes himself known publicly, and then he gets into small little cameos in movies, and he's on Shark Tank, and yeah. he almost ran for president of the United States. And I think all of those things, the reason he'll never give up the Mavericks, not because he loves winning basketball games anymore. I don't think there's much passion in that anymore. But he knows if I sold the Mavericks, would I still be on Shark Tank? Could I still run for president? Could I do – like, I think that all of a sudden, yes, there's a lot of billionaires in our world that are unknown – does he become another unknown billionaire? How popular does he become if he doesn't own the Mavericks anymore? Maybe he's built up his popularity so much that it wouldn't matter anymore. But his popularity was built up by owning the Dallas Mavericks. And then it spun off of that. And so for me, Mark Cuban, he has a budget now that really Nico is having a tough time dealing with. Now, Kevin, I guess I still have a, a bit of a question. If Sure. If, and Mike, I, I know a lot of it is because of the – the talent that they have or lack. What what where where is kid in the is in the the addition of process to hey is he like hey I guess all we can do is roll out Luca and that's just what we have to run with. That doesn't feel like what Jason Kidd like his idea of what good basketball would be. So I Mike, I think you and I are on lock in lockstep on this and so I'm not trying to step on I your know, toes or anything, but I think Corey <laughs> it's sometimes I bet people feel this way where they work, right? You can have ideas that you think are good. You can have ideas that you think are at least worth trying out. But at some point, you hit a stopping point because you ain't the boss. And I think the problem that Kid and maybe and Nico for sure and maybe Kid run into is, hey, I got this idea. I got this idea. I get this idea. And you pitch it to Cuban. He's like, that's cool. Here's what we're actually going to do. So I think that is the problem that you run into. And what are you going to do? What is Jason Kidd going to do? Yeah. Is he going to have a press conference after the next game that they lose and he's going to be like, you know what? I want a player X, Y, and Z, but Cuban shut it down. Yeah. Like, that would never happen for good reason. The last time it happened was when Avery knew he was losing his job after losing to uh, New Orleans Hornets in the playoffs when they were the New Orleans Hornets with Chris Paul and David West and Tyson Chandler. He's like, I never wanted to trade for Jason Kidd. I wanted Devin Harris, and that was a major mistake, right? But he knew he was getting fired after that series was over, after they were not getting past the first round anymore. He knew he was done, and so he opened up and expressed that he was not in favor of that trade. Yeah. And so 
Jason Kidd, I don't think, was in favor of losing Jalen Brunson for nothing, but he's also worked with Mark Cuban before, and Mark Cuban started destroying the franchise in 2011 after the championship and doing different things. He thought it was going to be for the best. He thought he was smarter than 29 other owners and presidents because he read the CBA smarter than anybody could ever read it. And so he started letting go of players and letting go of draft picks and letting go of everything because he knew he was smarter. Part of that was Jason Kidd going, hey – I'm going to sign back with the Mavs. And then he got a better deal from the Knicks. And he said, screw it. I haven't signed the piece of paper yet. I'm going to the Knicks. And then he was like, Jason Kidd's written off of the Mavericks history forever. Because that's Mark Cuban. He's very emotional with this. Tim McMahon can't cover the Mavericks anymore ever again. You can't do a mural ever again. Right? I mean, that's... (laughs) Mark Cuban <laughs> does that. He, he's right. the, Mike, he's the worst at letting his emotions yeah. get in the way of a deal. I'm never having a Bill Duffy client again. Well, guess what? Luka Doncic is a Bill Duffy client. So, I mean, it's just he he goes through these things, and now Jason Kidd is back. But I think Jason Kidd does know what he's dealing with here. He's dealing with a budgeted team. He's not running the L.A. Clippers. Or I do think, like, the Memphis Grizzlies here pretty soon are going to go into major luxury tax. And that owner who's – worth about three to five times more, I believe, than Mark Cuban, is going to be okay with that. There's a lot of owners that are okay with, I understand when I get a Luka, when I get a Jaw, when I get a Giannis, like Milwaukee is paying multiple years of luxury tax because they know, look, I have Giannis. I have to do this. If there's any chance of winning, once I get to paying a player over $40 million a year, I have to now pay luxury tax until the run is over. And Mark Cuban saying, no, I'm not. Well, and I saw somebody text in. Like, they were, it seemed like they were kind of making more fun of Mark Cuban for saying this. But I I do want to read it because I did some quick number crunching. Meanwhile, Cuban says he lost money every single year except for one. I'm assuming that's the year they won the championship. Here is where I will kind of dispute that. If you're talking about, like, liquid money, sure, totally. I, I I haven't seen the books. I can't really speak to that one way or another. But here's what I'll tell you. In terms of asset value, Mark Cuban bought the team 22 years ago for $285 million. Forbes, Yes. Well, get ready. Forbes has now valued the team at $3.3 billion. And Phoenix just sold for four. So yeah. if you wanted to sell it, it would sell for probably four-plus billion. Exactly. So just keep that in mind. I'll just go off of Forbes' value. Like, hear me out. Right. Is... In 22 years, it's gone up about $3 billion. That's $136 million a year. Now, I know Warren Buffett will say, I didn't make any money or I didn't lose any money today because I'm not selling. But my point is, in terms of asset management, in the last 22 years, the asset that is the Mavericks has gone up at least $3 billion. So even if you lost $100 million of cash every single year, you are technically still ahead in terms of assets. So... That's why I find the idea that they're losing money a little disingenuous. And let's use common sense if you're listening here. Do you really think Mark Cuban is a million times smarter than me, than you listening, when it comes to money? Do you really think that these business people that have become the smartest business people in the world would own something that is losing them $50 million a year, let's say, out of their pocket? While they could sell it to your yeah. point for three billion and really honestly four no, billion. You're right. You're like, right. He's making money. The owners in the MLB just were like, I don't know what we're supposed to do with the COVID and everything that happened in only sixty game season and no fans, nothing's gonna happen. What happened this offseason? We're literally one year away from them saying we don't have any money. 
How much did Jacob Degrom just get from the Texas Rangers? How much did how much did all these shortstops just get from all these organizations? How much is uh, Juan Soto is going to be five hundred million? Shohei Otani might next year be six hundred million. If they were really they're the smartest business people in the world, would they really be handing out these contracts and losing more money as years go by, or are they really probably? making quite a bit of money off of this. And that's why none of them really want to sell because they're like, this is just a cash cow that I have here. That's your homework assignment, Corey. Go break into the NBA offices and get a look at the books. The oh, I'm stealing some of that liquid money you were talking about, man. I can't <laughs> wait to get my hands on it. Do I just take like some gallon milk gallons with me and then just fill it up? How do I do that? You know what? I actually think they might let you into the you NBA offices. In all that liquid money. Yeah, if you said, I'm here for liquid money with big jugs, <laughs> I think they actually might let you in. Either if you're holding big jugs or you got big jugs. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan coming up next it's time for baseball nuggets with mike bowser all right let's talk about prospect lists and how well the rangers are doing next KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan i know we're not supposed to look back in radio but i thought this was such a great point somebody texting in from the 260 wherever that is help me out you talk about losing money, I guarantee you they are talking about year-to-year projected increases that don't happen. In yep. my job, which is retail, it's the same way. He is losing, just not making as much as he thought. That's what happened to us at the newspaper. They were like, ooh, our profit margins are lower than we wanted them to be, so we need to cut jobs. And I'm like, hold on. So you're still making money, but you want to make more money, so you need to make our job harder. And they're like, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. That's how it happens, dude. Like, if we got to tighten our belt, so the, and that that means we got to start with uh, the the employees first. Because why would I want to cost myself my trust fund? Right. Yeah, yeah, I might have spent a whole bunch of money on crypto and NFTs that aren't working out too well. So what we got to figure out another way on how to do this. So. Matt Damon told me that was the bold decision of the future. Yeah. Matt Damon also made a very terrible joke once whenever he was making out with Emily Blunt for a movie, and then he looked at John Krasinski and he was like, "I just got done tonguing your girl." Oh, my gosh. And then he, like, started crying and was like, I'm sorry. I can't believe I made that bad joke. Wow. What a range of emotions for Matt Damon there. No wonder uh, By the way, it's Seattle, Kevin, is the 206. Oh, great. Thank you very much. All right. Now it's time. I know this is a natural transition for baseball nuggets. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Seattle. As I look at the top 10 prospects in all of baseball, Seattle doesn't have any. In fact, you know what's interesting in the top 10 prospects in baseball there is not one player in the American League West in the top, I'll say, 11. Huh. There is a local kid, though. Jordan Lawler from Dallas Jesuit ah. is number 11 overall. But let me give you the top guys, and then I'll get into the okay. Texas Rangers. So the new list of top prospects are out. Gunnar Henderson of the Baltimore Orioles is number one. I, he made it up to the major leagues for a second last yeah. year. He's supposed to start in the major leagues this year. He is the guy. Corbin Carroll is an outfielder for the Diamondbacks. He should start. I think this is also important for if you're collecting baseball cards. A lot of people look at this Mm -hmm. list. If you want to know how do cards go up so much or go down at times, this list of top 100 prospects in Major League Baseball makes a lot of money go up and down in the baseball card world. I remember there was a hot second there where Jason Dominguez hit the scene and everyone lost their mind. And he had such a bad year, he is not in the top 10 anymore. 
Francisco Alvarez uh, is a catcher for the Mets. He should be, I think he's going to be one of their catchers this year. I don't know how much responsibility. That's always the toughest position to break into the major leagues because you're trying to figure out how to be a major league hitter and a major league player while learning your 14 pitchers on your staff while also trying to learn the other pitchers to hit off of. So it can sometimes take even Pudge Rodriguez, unbelievable defensive catcher to start his career off. It took him a couple years to become a really good offensive player just because of how much it takes to do both of those things at that position. Jordan Walker is considered a big-time prospect for the St. Louis Cardinals. They think he might make the major leagues this year. Now, he's the youngest on the list so far at 20 years old. Anthony Volpe is shortstop for the uh, Yankees. He's actually uh, Jack Leiter's high school teammate. Oh, so they played high school baseball together. Andrew Painter is a right-handed pitcher. He's the first pitcher on the list for the Philadelphia Phillies. He's 19 years old. Grayson Rodriguez for the Orioles. So this is the second Oriole on the list. They have number one and number seven. And Grayson Rodriguez, they did announce yesterday that they expect him to be in the starting rotation to start the year. So if you're looking for a young guy to kind of follow. This is the second highest pitching prospect and expected to be on the opening day roster. Fantasy baseball, I think that's big too as you start looking at uh, veteran guys that go off the board who's maybe a young guy can take a chance on that's going to be the next thing. Grayson Rodriguez might be your pick. Jackson Churio, uh, outfielder for the Brewers, number eight. Marcel Meyer, who we might remember in the draft of Jack Leiter, is number nine for the Red Sox shortstop. Ellie De La Cruz, uh, for the Reds, and then Jordan Lawler, I'll say number 11 because he's locally from okay. the shortstop. Now, before I get into the Rangers, I have this question for you two guys. I just mentioned Meyer at number nine, shortstop, and Lawler number 11, shortstop. Those two guys were considered possible number two picks for the yeah. Texas Rangers. If you had to do it all over again, do you still want Jack Leiter, or would you rather had one of the two high school shortstops that are now considered pretty much top 10 prospects in baseball. I'm sticking with the pitching and trying to trying to grow and develop that. I know he had one season. Mike, I did want to kind of discuss that further along with you at some point uh, in the, you know, where sh- should Jack Leiter be this year? What are the options for him? Did he go through his rocky patch uh, in the, in double a, and now this year he steps into it. You know, Kevin, like what I'm yeah. saying is now this year he's like, okay, I got, I've mastered double A. And I shouldn't have even been at double A last year. It's like when, you're, uh, when your 12-year-old is playing in a 14-, 16-year-old league. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, no, now he's mastering. He's grown up into that. So kind of that's what I'm hoping for right now, okay. uh, Mike and Kevin. That's what I'm really hoping. But, I, yeah, I'm, I, I, we're good at shortstop for like the next 58 years, I feel like. I so. See, and like the numbers dictate. Very clearly, you should have taken one of the shortstops. But I think I'm with Corey because it's not just right now. Historically, this franchise has struggled mightily with developing pitching. So I think I would still go the pitching round, even though logic dictates to to me you you picked the wrong one. So... Jack Leiter is number 78 on the list. So Whoa, he took a big he took a big, a big drop fall. because of how bad of a year he had in double A. That being said, I agree with Corey. If he took all of the failures that he had last year, all this is the first time he's ever failed in his yeah. life at baseball. And also having to pitch every fifth of day, which is very difficult. People don't understand if you're in high school or college and you're the Friday starter, you're the Friday you only pitch every Friday. Now yeah. pitching every fifth of day and, and then the travel that you have. It's a lot different 
and and he was not ready for that at that high of a level. I think if the Rangers had to do it all over again, which they do, his name's Kumar Rocker. That's Kumar true. Rocker, from what I understand, most likely will start off in A ball. Why? Because of how much Jack Leiter struggled in Double A last I'm a year. little surprised to hear that. I think that's the right move, yeah. but I thought they'd just automatically bump him up to double. Now, Rocker did not make the top 100 list, but that's not a bad thing because yeah. the Rangers have six guys on the list, and Kumar Rocker, the third overall pick, is not on this list. What's interesting is Brock Porter is their fourth-round pick from last Brock year. Brock Purdy, I get yeah, it. Yeah, he's number 94. But let's go in order from the best to, I don't want to say the worst, but on your top 100 list. The Rangers, by the way, finished, I believe, fourth in uh, the amount of prospects. Okay. Th- that's six. Eight was the high, by the way. It's, I believe, Baltimore. Because Baltimore. Baltimore even has number 12 on the list because Jackson Holiday was the number so one overall pick. Three in the top 12? Three in the top 12. It's just... Since he hasn't really played, Josh Young still counts, right? Yes, he is, is he number the 34. Is that the top for the Rangers? That's the top for the okay. Rangers. So it, the only thing is you're not top-heavy here. You don't have what people consider future yeah, yeah, stars. Yeah. Okay. You have future major leaguers. Gotcha. Evan Carter has jumped into the top 100 list at number 41. So I think that's wow. pretty big. A guy who wow. I kind of talked about a couple of years ago. So 34 is Josh Young, who will be your starting third baseman yep. in the major leagues. Evan Carter, who will be your starting center fielder in double-A okay. this year. At 20 years old, too. He was drafted at a very early age. Uh, You have Owen White, who on this list, they say projection. They project that he will make the major leagues at some point for the Texas Rangers this year. So that's a guy we talked about a little yesterday, Corey, on your depth and your rotation. I don't think April, May, or June that you're going to see Owen White. But I do think July to September, there's a chance to see Okay, Okay. Kevin, I think the great thing, too, when Mike says maybe you're not top-heavy, you have more quantity. And when it comes to moving players, and they couldn't trade anybody before. They didn't have anybody to trade. So now you have little pieces that you can pluck and move on from. Luis Angel Acuna, who is Ronald Acuna Jr.'s younger brother. He is number 71 on the list as I scroll down. 71, Kevin. No, that's where he's on the list. He's 20 years old. Man, would you want a a 71-year-old who could still play? Like, I don't know how they could still play. Best story I could put on on baseball. I will say this. I do think Luis Angel Acuna doesn't play much for the Rangers in his career. Because of where he's at and what you have money-wise in your infield, right. I don't think – like Josh Young, most likely you want him to be your third baseman for a long time. But could be a valuable right. trade asset. And so that's where I okay. do think – I'm not I saying he's you. getting traded next yeah, week yeah, yeah. or during this season, but I do think that Angel Acuna will be used more as a trade chip than a future Texas Ranger. Jack Leiter, as we said, number 78, and Brock Perter, Porter, number 94, and – I'm assuming just off the list, number three overall pick, because he hasn't pitched at all professionally. They don't have like an honorable mention, I guess, probably. No, they just yeah. have your top 100. I mean, you can click on, I don't know if they've done everybody's top 30 list, which I didn't click oh, on yeah. for the I'll Rangers. Go but, I'll go check. Uh, I do think here with the Rangers, you're in good shape prospect-wise. Okay. Yeah, some guys, Josh Young, going to be your starting third baseman. Hopefully he, it's going to be a really tough year for him, but hopefully he produces. I do think next year, not this upcoming season, but Evan Carter could be your starting left fielder or center fielder in 2024. And then Owen White is going to, 
probably be part of your starting rotation in 2024, if not some point in 2023. Jack Leiter will be at some point part of your 2024 rotation. And I won't put it past him. If Jack Leiter starts pitching great, which he could, maybe by July through September, you're looking at Jack Leiter. How much will that depend on also how good the Rangers are? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a percent. Yeah. Well, I do think that, and I agree with Corey, is if you're in the race, you probably are having a healthy DeGrom, a healthy Evaldi, a healthy Gray. Martin Perez is repeating something uh, that he was able to produce in 2022. Uh, and then whether it's Heaney, whether it's uh, a guy like um, Odorizzi, yeah. whether Glenn Otto or Dane Dunning step in for somebody, like that's your fifth guy. But if your top four guys are somewhat healthy, I do expect for you to be over 500. And at that point, it might be tough to say, hey, we're fighting for a wild card spot. Let's just bring up Jack Leiter to give him a couple starts. Now, Mike, I know you agree with this from the 469. No, we need to keep him so we can get Ronald Acuna. That works every time. Yes. How, <laughs> how, why would he sign here, Mike, mm-hmm. if there if the, he doesn't have a brother on staff? Or well, in he signed the, in the an eight-year contract like four years ago. So I think we're a ways away from wait it out, Jr. And then we'll get Giannis at the same time. Or yeah, I guess yeah. we won't anymore. Yeah, he's cost too much. <laughs> the KNC Unless, I tell you what, I did hear Cuban is <laughs> oh, offering no. Dorian Finney-Smith in the 2027 first. He's hoping for an MVP candidate <laughs> for that. Coming up next, we didn't even really get into the trade part, Corey. We probably still need to do that at some no, point for the best. Yeah. Coming up next, Mike asks all the football questions right here on 105.3 The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <laughs> 